Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Let's say it together. Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may have a seat. You can tell that we are not Presbyterian because we are not good at saying that together. You are so awesome. It's really your leadership, so I do apologize right now. Man, I, there's so many things I want to talk about. I want to talk about youth. I want to talk about this generation. I want to talk about just how, how God is continually reaching um, generations in our city. And Luminous gets to be a part of that. I'm excited that we had the cafe the fifth Sunday. It was Mission Sunday. And, and every dollar that we got this Sunday at Missions Cafe, we're actually going to give to our campus missionaries. And so we're just going to bless them. None of them are here, so they don't even know that. So it's going to be awesome just to bless them and how we're reaching UTSA and we're reaching UTESCA. And, and we really believe that God's going to send us to every university, every college campus in San Antonio. It's our heart's desire to plant a church next to every campus and every college, every college in San Antonio, Texas. I believe that we're going to be a part of that, that we get to do it, that you have a part to play in this vision, in this mission, to reach the campus and the community and the world with the light of Jesus Christ. And we will release all that God's given us in order to see his mission fulfilled on earth. Amen. Amen. You get to be a part of that. I get to be a part of it with you. Thank you for allowing me to walk alongside of you. There are so many things that I'm just passionate about this morning. But this isn't Vision Sunday. And this isn't the Sunday to get excited about it. But here, here we have the Apostles' Creed, and I want to I pick it up, and I want to pick up our teaching. I want to be faithful with finishing this. And really, um, this week and the next two weeks, we'll be finishing the Apostles' Creed. And today, I want to talk about the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. What does this mean? What does this mean when I say it? I just repeated something. I have no idea what I just repeated. I feel like I'm a kind of in a cult. So please explain to me real quickly, right? So, so I will hopefully do that. You know, America is so fascinating because, you know, we used to have houses with no garages. They used to build front porches on the houses. You could sit out there and drink coffee and talk to your neighbor. You could wave at them. And th I, there was a day when there were no fences surrounding property. Wasn't that crazy? I remember growing up in Virginia and, and we would run back and forth through the neighbor's yards because there was no fences and you could go in any yard you wanted and it didn't matter. But something happened, didn't it? Something happened in the United States where our properties got smaller and we got more protective. 
You know, it's like now we're right next door to our neighbor. This is the time when we could actually know our neighbor even better, right? It's crazy. If you live in a new house built like I do, I hear my neighbors talk next door through my windows. Thank you, builder. You know, and so, so I know them real well. And yet when they drive home at 530, what happens? The garage doors open. They pull into their garage. They take out their trash, maybe if no one's around, and then they shut the garage real quick, and I never see them again. Do you have neighbors like that? Maybe some of you have neighbors like that. I love it. It's like a game for me. I just wait. I'm just like, oh, here he comes with the trash. I'm going. I'm going to get him. I'm going to make a friend. Anybody else like that? I'm, I'm zealous to know my neighbors. I'm zealous to know the people on my block and to build relationship. To build relationship. Isn't that what we all really truly desire is relationship? And yet we find ourselves isolating more and more. But I believe that we're created for relationship. I believe that God has put us in a place for relationship. You see, he's a relational God. In Acts chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there this morning. It may not be on the screen. Acts chapter 2, we talked about last week how Peter was preaching and sharing the gospel and 3,000 men responded to this message. Well, what message did they respond to in verse 36 through 38? Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the hearts. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They're asking all these church leaders, all these people who've been walking with Jesus, who knew Jesus' teaching, knew what he was about. They said, what shall we do then? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit last week. And in verse 44, it says, and all who believed were together. Everybody say together. 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 This unifying language. It's unifying. Once you believe together, it unifies you together. As those who say the Apostles' Creed, we, we become like bros. We become sisters. There's a sisterhood that's happening. There's things that are happening, right? I mean, when, when you believe in the Apostles' Creed, you come together. It's kind of like when you go to Dallas, Texas. When you go to Dallas, Texas, and you're from San Antonio, Texas, and you see the silver and black, and on it, there's a spur, a spur that could, that could prod a horse along into a sprint, and you go, I get you. You're from the 210. You're from Countdown City. You bleed what I bleed. We're family. There are no stars in this family except maybe pop, you know, but, but we're all family together, right? When you see something that you identify with, it brings you into a family. How much more when we see Jesus? How much more when we see the living God and we confess these things, it brings us into a family. That's what we're a part of. You are a part of a family this morning. Paul begins to write to the church in Ephesians chapter 4. As Paul begins to write to the church, 
He said that we just really, we need a foundation and we need doctrine. And this is what we need. I therefore, verse 1, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another. Everybody say one another. In love. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to them. Hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We are called to be together. We're called to be together. And Paul, a prisoner who is isolated from everyone else, says, hey, I'm writing you, and we're together. How is it that proximity wasn't even available for Paul, and yet they find themselves together? The Spirit brings us together, brings unity for us who are luminous this morning, and those who are Oak Hills, and those who are at CBC, and those who are at churches around our community, we are together. John knew this well. One of Jesus' best friends, the most beloved disciple, he knew this. When he was on the island of Patmos, he began to have a revelation, and Jesus began to reveal to him the book of Revelation, and he began to write it down. He said, I'm coming back. Jesus is coming back, and he saw pictures. Pictures of what the kingdom of God is like. Pictures of heaven. Pictures of what, what true worship really is. One of the pictures he saw, as he was isolated and alone, he saw this in Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. John saw a picture of a bunch of people who believed in a creed, but more importantly, believed in Jesus. Believed in Jesus, who were together. You are called together. Everybody say holy. Holy. We are called together, and holiness plays a part of it. Holy. What is holy? It was important for the church to be holy. That's why they put it in the creed. In Genesis 2, 3, God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Exodus 3, 5. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet. For this place on which you're standing is holy ground. Holy. It's sacred. It's set apart. Have you ever had something that was sacred? Something that you couldn't touch, maybe in your house growing up? Hey, that's off limits, right? You're not supposed to go in there. There are, there are different sacred things, sacred cows, but, but these days, right, being sacred is not as important as it used to be, right? In fact, if you're sacred, then maybe you just have some weird dogma and we need to change. We need to start changing things, don't we? Not everything needs to be sacred. We need, to, we need to change it up and mix it up. And we find that over and over again. And that's, that's why so many people have messed 
with religions, with, with Christianity. They mess with Christianity. You, you have the Mormons who mess with Christianity and started rewriting the scripts. You had Jehovah Witnesses mess, messing with Christianity and started rewriting the scripts. It was not sacred. It was not holy. It was not set apart. But I love that God is sacred. Don't you? I love that God is sacred. Because he's sacred, he's never changing. Oh, man, that's, that's pretty dogmatic. Never changing God. But aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that when he says he loves you, he means it? Aren't you thankful when he said, I'm coming back for you? He means it. Aren't you thankful when he said, I've wiped away all your sin as far as the east is from the west? Aren't you grateful that he's not changing his mind? I am so very thankful that our God is sacred. He's holy. He's set apart and he's unchanging. Men today have a hard time saying I love you to girls, right? Because if I say I love you, you know, I may not love you next week, right? And, and we're so unchanging and, and we don't want to commit to it. But we have a God who is committed to his people. He is holy. The church is holy. It's set apart. It's sacred. He has set it up. It's Catholic. Now, for many in this room... Catholic may have different language, different language associated with it. For some of you, Catholic means a place. It means a bunch of Roman bodies under a hierarchy led by the Pope, who is the head, and, and he is the one who has set it up. It, it is holy because men strive for the holiness of the Roman Catholic Church. They strive for it. If, if it's going to be holy, then they will strive to make it holy. They have to get rights, and they must pay their dues. They must pay their penalty for anything sinful that would taint his holiness. But the Protestant Catholic is different. In fact, the word Catholic, Catholicos, means universal. It means all believers for all time. From the past to the present to the future, all generations being together. Catholic means universal, means that we are one body under Christ who is the head. And so you could be a part of the Roman church or you could be a part of the Asian church. You could be a part of any church. And yet if Jesus is the head, then you are Catholic. Then you are universal. That's what it's talking about, and I'm so thankful that you can't make his church more holy. You can't make his church more holy. Well, maybe if I do just the right thing, how many of you said your confessions in the car before you got into the church, right? Because it's, it's holy, and I got to make it more holy, right? You can't do anything. You will not make it more holy, for Jesus is the only one who made it holy and yet we find ourselves giving up on the church over and over again the church has failed me it's disappointed me the worship wasn't accurate it wasn't right it wasn't perfect oh pastor ben said something that was offensive today well what's new right i always do that <laughs> you don't have a right to give up 
on his church. Jesus, who paid the price for you, is the only one who can give up on his church. He hasn't. And he won't. I believe in the holy Catholic church. Church is Christ's bride, as Ephesians 5 says. Picture of the bride of Christ. Church is God's family, Ephesians 1.19. It's the family and the community of the saints. Church is a spiritual house, 1 Peter 2.5. It is in you and for you and for others. Church is Christ's body, Ephesians 1.22 through 23. Holy Catholic Church. These adjectives that describe it so well. We use adjectives all the time. Like my smoking hot wife, right? Ricky Bobby. <laughs> adjectives are important. They're descriptors of the importance in your life. It's why the creed has these adjectives. They have holy and Catholic because those are so important to the church. I believe in the communion of saints. The communion of saints. And we are all in this together. We're all a part of his church. And we all get to be a part of this, the fellowship. There are 59 one another's in the New Testament. 59 one another. We read in Ephesians, love one another. But I want to read some of these for you. John 13, 34, love one another. John 13, 34 again, love one another. John 13, 35, love one another. John 15, 12, love one another. John 15, 17, love one another. How many of you know it's important to love one another? Do you have hate this morning for anyone in this room? Do you have hate for anyone at the church down the street? If we're in it together, we must love one another. Romans 12.10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Devotion, a disciplined focus to love one another. You've made it a life of discipline to go out of your way and chase down your neighbor who's trying to get in his garage. Say, dude, I love you. We're the weird church, by the way. We got the rap for the weird church. Everybody's hugging everybody in here. It makes everyone feel uncomfortable. I hugged Jamie this morning, Marissa's sister. She said, get away from me. It was weird. But, but we are because I don't know what it is. You know, maybe a hug to us is like a holy kiss in the New Testament. But I just feel like we should just high five and side hug and front hug if you know each other real well, like you're married. That's it. <laughs> Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. Romans 14, 13, stop passing judgments on one another. Are you wearing that today? Oh, church. Dress up. Wear a tie. Right? Are we passing judgment on one another? Are we loving 
one another. When you come together to eat, wait for one another. 1 Corinthians 11.33. We've lost the art of eating together, haven't we? As a family, as friends. We've lost the art of waiting. It's like, what's convenient? You know, here's the microwave meal. First year of marriage, you, you learn this real quick. When you eat without your wife, it becomes a problem. Like, yo, did you ever think about me? No, didn't. Didn't. I'm so selfish. Right? Let's learn it before. Let's be the church and eat together. Serve one another in love. Galatians 5.13. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you will be destroyed by each other. Galatians 5.15. Carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6.2. I need you to carry something for me. Have you ever told anybody that? Have you told maybe one of your brothers, maybe your sisters in Christ saying, I have something so heavy, so grievous, so offensive. I need you to help carry this for me. Will you do it? Will you be the church? Will you be the holy Catholic church? Will you be the one who says, I will help carry your burdens? Come to me, those who are weary, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus said. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. How do you do that? I don't even sing that good. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Colossians 3.13. Make your love increase and overflow for each other. 1 Thessalonians 3.12. Build each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Encourage one another daily. Hebrews 3.13. How many of you texted a random person this week and said, thinking about you, praying for you, I love you, you can do it, champion. I really believe in you. It's something that I've made a pattern in my life. Every day I just pull out my phone and I'm going to text somebody something good. I'm going to text somebody. And I, I would challenge you, if you were to walk away with one thing this week, one way of how can I be a part of the Holy Catholic Church? How can I be a part of this body? How can I start doing something? I would encourage you tomorrow morning, text someone. Text one of your brothers, your sisters. Text them and tell them who they are and what they mean to you and what they mean to God. And who knows, maybe the Lord will start prophesying through you. Oh, that's weird. What I mean is maybe he will use you to say exactly what they need in that moment because you were obedient to step out, right? That's what the church has to be. That's what we have to be. That's what I have to be. Do not slander one another. James 4.11, pray for each other. James 5.16, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. 1 Peter 4.9, why are they coming over again for community group? I'm not hosting community group this year. I am tired of the people of God. They never clean up the toys. They never wash dishes. They never take out the trash. I am tired. Stop grumbling. Be hospitable. Let them over. Walk with them. We're going to be the church that San Antonio needs. We're going to be at the church that helps reach the 900,000 who are not in church this morning. They're in their house. We're going to be a part of that church. 
We have to show hospitality. Joey Bonifacio wrote an amazing book that we use when it talks about this horizontal relationship with people. It's called the Lego book. The Lego book is incredible. How many of you built Legos when you were a kid? Like all of us, right? And if you didn't, shame on you. <laughs> like we all did. And, and Legos are amazing. Because in the 1950s, the same Lego block will fit this, a Lego block that was made in 2016. They fit together. They connect together. And that's what the church is. The church is a bunch of people who fit together just right, built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter your denominational differences. It doesn't matter if you, you have grown up differently. Those who are building on the foundation of Jesus Christ fit together. They may all come from different boxes. They may all have different colors and different shapes, but they fit together. Church, if we're going to be the holy Catholic church in the communion of saints, we have to be a people that disciple with Jesus as our foundation. And when you do, we will fit together. And what's being made is something more beautiful than you can make all by yourself. Luminous is a box joining with other boxes in this city to reach this city with the light of Jesus Christ that all men may know that he is king and he is for them and he wants them. You would stand with me as we close this morning. 1 Peter 2, 5 and 9. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Jesus, I thank you, Father, for letting us be here this morning and hearing amazing testimonies of two youth kids who gave their life to Jesus who now fit together. They're part of our family. They're part of the universal church. They're part of the church that Jesus came, that he died for, that he gave his life for, that he paid the price for. They're part of the church of Jesus who conquered death and adopted sons and daughters. You know, Benson and I, we do this thing every night. We're trying to brainwash them into loving Jesus. Confession. But I, I taught him a saying. He, he doesn't speak real well, but he's, he's learning more and more and I say, I say, I love you. And he'll do it back. I love you. Now we do the same. I, let's do it. I love you.
I love you. I love Jesus. It's a vertical relationship that allowed a horizontal relationship that's unshakable, unbreakable. I love you because we love Jesus. I pray that you just bless this place and you go out and love those in this city who need to know about him. If you need prayer on your way out, we have prayer workers. Y'all can go ahead and get in place so they can just see your face. That would be Russ and Tori and Octavia. I love you. We pray that you're blessed. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.